What's up, y'all? This is Deeg, a.k.a. Greg. I'm here basement side today with my buddy Dan, a.k.a. Davis, a.k.a. Lateral Lulls, to talk about Diabotical. How are you, my friend? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Doing dandy, doing fine. I'm especially doing great because I just spent the last couple of days playing Diabotical, which yes. exceeded my expectations. That is really awesome to hear, actually. I think it exceeded a lot of people's expectations, to be honest, looking at the um, the response to the game. Yeah, my, so just for folks who don't know, Diabotical, why don't you give us the rundown on what Diabotical is? Diabotical is a um, indie-developed um, arena FPS that aims to capture the spirit of the Quake gameplay, but not necessarily the tone of the Quake gameplay, which is really nice. So it's a very colorful, playful environment in which you shoot rockets and lightning guns and rails and you annihilate your... Right. And you are playing Diabotical. Why? Um, I've been a long-time Quake player for 10 so or... Yeah, about 10 years now. So I uh, was obviously very hyped about this. It's being developed by a former Quake professional. So it's a very fine-tuned... Um, Quake game that is just speaks directly to me and should anybody who uh, grew up playing anything even remotely similar to Quake. Yeah, I've you know me, like my my pedigree is all Team Fortress Classic. I've never been more than a casual Quake player, but I, I did play Quake Champions. I wanted to like Quake Champions. Quake Champions felt pretty good, but it didn't have something. I don't know what it was missing, but it didn't have something it needed to, to grab people and to actually build a base. Um, Diabotical seems like it has a lot of something, whatever that is. I was especially surprised this closed beta weekend where I was lucky enough to get in to have so many of what I might think of as gimmicks, like the Weebos, the weird Instagib crossbow and all that shit. It felt right. Like it didn't feel like I was out of place, which you kind of expect whenever someone says, I'm going to take Quake and add X. It's like, no, no, no. I feel like the, the kind of purest knee-jerk response is just give me Quake. I don't trust you. But it seems like too good knows what he's doing. Yeah, he absolutely does. And um, like I said earlier, coming from a former uh, professional Quake background, that's how he broke into the esports world. Was um, He was signed to Fnatic uh, for Quake 4 back in 2005, 2006. So they definitely... Diabotical to me is um, essentially a reskin of Quake 3, but with all of the necessary modernization that you would expect from a modern game compared to one, obviously, from 20 years ago. And I think, like you said, the the stuff you might consider gimmicky feeling so in place is kind of a, a product of their understanding of just how fine-tuned Quake gameplay has really gotten. And I agree with you, it doesn't feel gimmicky at all. They all feel very um, in place and uh, necessary, actually, for the game to function the way it does. To be a, as much of an adherence to the purest style, but also influxing something new that can draw in my newer players. Right on, man. Right on. And how do you think the beta, which is the first chance most people have had to actually get their hands on the game has gone. I think it's gone amazingly well. There's been a huge influx of players. They all have really enjoyed it from what I can see. There's a lot of people streaming it. There's been a lot of big names streaming it. Um, general reception is extremely positive. There's a lot of... The coolest thing to me is there's a lot of reception across the board, not just from Quake players or former Quake players, but... There's Apex pros playing it. There are Overwatch pros playing it. There are TF2 pros playing it. There are a huge variety of people 
from different walks of gaming that are kind of coalescing and getting to experience something like Quake for the first time, which I think is pretty amazing. Yeah, that is cool. It seems to have added enough to Quake that folks are interested. At the the choice to go towards a very, I think, um, young, appealing visual style probably makes it easier for people to approach. I'm I'm just guessing as a you know kind of old ass millennial myself. I don't really know. Um, yeah. Um. The the I just want to touch on that really quick because that's actually yeah, yeah. something about the game I I really really appreciate is the complete tonal shift from the dreariness of Quake to something a little more TF2 Overwatchy kind of bright colorful because um, someone who I, I've grinded so much Quake and I turned my graphics so low I couldn't really tell what I was looking at in the first place but <laughs> the the darkness of like the maps and just I I never quite realized how as a new player that might be seem very uninviting like this is kind of dreary it's kind of depressing like i don't really want to spend a whole lot of time in this environment and i think having combat like quake in such a colorful because it doesn't matter to me and all quake veterans we don't really care what the game looks like some people have their preferences but if it plays the way diabolical plays we're gonna play it <laughs> there's no ifs ands or buts so this choice to go in this direction to appeal to a demographic that is not the core quake audience you know and to a younger more game ready um audience than what we grew up with i think is something i really really just would commend them for because i think that'll really help draw at least let people try it out be more willing to try it out yeah man i hope you're right because the quake formula deserves bigger exposure since since quake was a thing and since we were all happy to stomach that super grungy aesthetic that you talked about, gaming has grown up so much. And we've seen the Call of Duties, we've seen the Overwatches, we've seen the Fortnites, even Counter-Strike, which somehow managed to grow up right alongside the hobby, somehow. Uh, all these genres of, of shooter have gotten their, their, their light in the sun. But Quake, it never seems to quite make it. And maybe... Maybe that grungy aesthetic is one of the things that held Quake Champions back. Because I think you kind of, for me, maybe this is just through the lens of my own experience, right? Part of how I'm coming to Diabotical is I'm saying, okay, I liked Quake Champions and I liked Diabotical. Why would this succeed where the other one didn't? Obviously, the visual style is an easy thing to pick out. Um, I think another easy thing to pick out is that the deliberate choice to not do heroes with abilities. What do you think of that? Um, I think that's what needed to be done in the first place the heroes with abilities is not i wouldn't call it a fad there's a lot of games that incorporate it and there's a lot of really good games that incorporate it but in a game like quake the way the gameplay works i the heroes just adds another dimension to it that wasn't necessary the game itself you brought up counter-strike growing up with uh gaming as a hobby into the industry that it is now and i think that's a perfect point to hit on when it comes to quake is counter-strike global offensive really doesn't do anything that 1.6 or source didn't do it just right. modernizes it and it yeah. makes it accessible and it centralizes it and that's all quake really needed we just needed a quake 3 but modern that's all we needed so i think history will not look too favorably on the quake champions development i think it'll be seen as um very impulse driven and not necessarily very well thought out in terms of the long term whereas i think Counter-Strike Global Offensive and in turn something like Diabotical clearly has a lot of shelf life put into it. They're not, they don't want these products to go anywhere anytime soon. Whereas Quake Champions felt like a very quick cash grab after the Overwatch fad. 
Yeah, there was something really weird about Quake Champions with the way it was developed. It also had a studio transition at some point where Bethesda kind of said, we're, we're taking this away from you guys. Um, I can't remember who was who did the original development on it. but That uh, would have been Saber Interactive. I think Saber Interactive, exactly. Um, but on, on the note of modernization, um, you said something really interesting a second ago. I just want to pick apart or at least <laughs> explore a little bit. You said that... Uh, you felt all that's needed is the CS the CSGO treatment for Quake. Where you take the same game, you just modernize it, make it so a modern audience can take can accept it. Now CSGO, unless I'm much mistaken, hasn't made any major gameplay changes in all this time. It's just been a new engine, it looks nicer, it runs better. Um, but Diabotical isn't just reskinning Quake, it's also adding a lot to it and making some deliberate changes. Am I right? You are. Um, the changes that Diabolical makes are very, very similar to the changes that Counter-Strike Global Offensive made, though, in okay. my opinion. Um, Global Offensive, it added like um, a Molotov grenade, a fire grenade, as another way of you know preventing choke points and stuff. Um, there are subtle changes to the gameplay that CSGO did, and they're the same subtleties that Diabotical has. The biggest thing with Diabotical is the weevils, obviously, the heal weevil and the smoke, the slow-mo, and the implosion. Um, yeah, let's talk all about of those... the weevils. Yes, weevils absolutely. Are, are kind of like they're, they're kind of like random grenades. I mean, they're not, they don't have a random effect, but when you spawn, it seems to have some randomness about which one you arrive with. And they're these grenades that you can throw once every time you spawn have a different effect. You mentioned the healing one, which I'm, I'm going to let, let you explain what they do. Go for it. All right. So the healing weeble is obviously, as uh, as the name would imply, heals you for 100 points of health. You throw it down, you stand in the circle, you get healed up. There is an implosion weeble, which uh, draws enemy to the center of where you threw the there is an explosion weevil, which is again self-explanatory. It blows up, sends players flying. There is a smoke grenade weevil, which is almost identical-ish to the Counter-Strike kind of smoke thing, where you throw it down, it creates a, a sphere of a sphere, a sphere of smoke that um, <laughs> uh, once you enter, uh, will you know blind you a little bit. You can still kind of shoot through it because you can see the outlines of player, but it's essentially an area denial. And then there's the slow mode weevil, which slows down any movement going through it by half, which is a really good for springing a trap and forcing an enemy to go slow, and you just pin him with LG. Right. It seems like all these weevils, unlike a lot of the, um, the comparison I'm going to draw is to the abilities from Quake Champions, all of the weevils, they don't do damage. They fuck with your enemy in some way. Yeah. Either their visibility um, or their speed or something like that. Yes. Yeah. That, and that's pretty much it. And it's it's really important, actually, you brought up that they don't do damage because they, I mean, they do five damage if you hit someone, like, but it's five. Oh, really? And they never do anymore. Yeah. They only, max is five. So now I have to go for Weevil um, kills. Yeah, yeah. Now you have to go for <laughs> Weevil kills. Um, Too Good actually said on his uh, stream earlier that they're looking to add in like a humiliation sound effect when you do kill someone with Weevil because they do so little. Beautiful. Yes. So he's look he's looking out for you, Greg. <laughs> Devious minds go the same way. Uh, that's really cool. And, um, you know. I think one of our mutual friends, uh, Taylor, is one of the thing, big complaints he's had playing Quake 
and he's going to be on the podcast later and he'll probably talk about it. But to briefly summarize, I think he, his main gripe with that game were the abilities. Um, like he just fucking hated him. He hates the idea of ever being on an uneven footing. Um, but um, these somehow managed to strike a balance. And I don't know. The only reason I can think of why a game like Diabolical can strike a balance like this. And this is the first big exposure the game's had to the public. Whereas a game like Quake has all these um, annoying ass abilities that, that change the game. Uh, I, It's got to be about who they're actually appealing to. I think that you can make the argument that adding heroes with powerful abilities to a, a game that doesn't alter otherwise have them um, may be something that makes a game more appealing to newer or casual um, or, or just kind of less experienced players because they essentially always have what you could call an I win button. But the Weebles aren't I win buttons. No, definitely. They are definitely not. Definitely not I win buttons. And I worry that even though we got a really good response this close beta weekend, I think I think Too Good said that he sent out like a quarter of a million beta keys, which were all people logging into the website to request one, um, <laughs> which is really cool to hear. Uh, it, it comes back to the old question of can Quake really reach the masses? And this is definitely not Overwatch. It's definitely not Counter-Strike. It's definitely not League of Legends or any other kind of crazy-ass hybrid. It's definitely Quake. I imagine you have a pretty bullish stance on the masses interest in accepting a game like this uh yes and no um i'm actually not as um i'm i'm very open to like i was saying earlier with the tone of the game i'm very open to new players playing it i don't think that a game like diabolical would ever maintain a huge player base it's just it's very mechanically demanding it's kind of as as dedicated players go it's definitely hard to attract people to the quake style and keep them around there's not a lot of downtime it's very intensive and it's it's just it's it can be stressful for people so i get it um but there is uh there is still a lot of interest in quake style games and quake champions recently had a land tournament at iem katavice over the weekend and i i'm i'm always amused by the land tournaments that quake gets because the stream for the entire tournament will get five to ten thousand viewers constantly but the game itself maintains a player base of maybe 500 players. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, there is interest in something like this, but it has to be done well enough to where everybody can enjoy it. And Quake Champions tried to go that route and failed, and now it appeals to the very hardcore dual veterans who want to grind the game and try to get into the Pro League. But I think Diabolical being kind of an updated modernization of quake 3 has a lot more shot at retaining a far more consistent and larger player base but i i would hesitate to say that um it'll ever be some massive you know 500,000 300,000 players on at all times um i i guess so you could say i have more realistic expectations a lot of people in the quake scene want millions and millions of players and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of sure. dollars in prize money but yeah i think honestly if we got 10 to twenty thousand players on a daily basis that consistently played the game that is more than we could ever hope for as quake fans because we've been we've been playing you know in the 500 to thousand daily players for years now four or five years easily for quake for I, champions 
Yeah, and for Quake Live too. Quake right. Live once once IEM dropped it off tournament circuit. I mean, it was, and that's kind of and that's kind of the burden of being Quake is that the Quake franchise and the Quake name, you know, is com- competition only really. And I'm hoping that with a lot of the inclusion of like the Weibo Instajib and the accessible design, that people <laughs> who won't that Instajib mode is so good. We need to take it's a pause phenomenal. for a second and talk about this mode. Of you know, I, I like playing Instagib and Quake. I always have. Uh, I have very streaky railgun aim. I feel like we're all hit like seven or eight shots in a row, and then I'm just useless for two minutes. But this this was something totally different. Um, instead of having the railgun, which is uh, I think effectively satirized in Diabotical as the point and click rifle, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have this crazy ass crossbow. Uh, you have a crossbow which has travel time, so it's not it's not uh, hit scan. You have to lead your shots, and um, so first off, they've introduced a gun that is game that's mode specific and not part of the traditional Quake arsenal, which I think is pretty brave all on its own. And then they gave you an offhand rocket launcher you can use for either pinging people up in the air or for rocket jumping. And then on top of that. They added this kill confirm mechanic with the coins, where you don't actually score points for killing people. You skill you score points for collecting coins dropped by people who die. Did I miss anything? No, that's pretty much in the in a nutshell. That's Weibo Instagram. So fun. It's um it's phenomenal because it's a perfect example of the modernization aspect is that they took Instagib, which everybody likes to play, but it's kind of brutal. You know, uh, I think you mentioned earlier we were playing Snowbally, very Snowbally. But then it's they kind of put a warm up game, I think, for a lot of people. You play Instagib to warm up and then you play the game. And then it's, you know, and it's casual. You have teammates. You're not under a huge amount of stress. You're just there shooting, having fun, passing. And it's it's quake gameplay but in a way that it doesn't feel like you're in some super competitive dark castle you know ultra competitive constantly stressed out you really like and the sunshiny I, environments don't you i can tell. i do i do <laughs> i mean look, well, i was thinking i really thought about this the other day i was like i have in quake live i had four thousand some odd hours um in quake champions Damn. i've got right around a so you know it's like over the course of 10 years i've spent five thousand hours looking at these in dark purple yeah exactly it's just dreary just bleak atmosphere and it's it's so nice that i can shoot a rocket and get an air shot in this nice beautiful it's green and And then the sun comes through the clouds exactly (laughs) and the angels sing (laughs) it's it's much easier to play a lot of diabolical in one sitting than it is for quake for me personally just uh, for that alone, just because it's not like after eight hours, I'm like, holy cow, there's like sunlight. My room is, you know, I got white walls and everything's not blue, black and red. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really said we can have Quake without, without the Quake aesthetic, without the kind of grunge aesthetic we've all been carrying with us alongside, right, right. you know, Nine Inch Nails music since the early 90s. Exactly. I mean, Quake is a product of its time, you know, mid nineties grunge was the rage dark, you know, it was kind of, it was a sadder time, I guess. And it reflects that, but we're not in that. So as gaming's evolved, this is, I think a really, really good take on the Quake formula, probably the best there's ever been outside the franchise itself. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for everything it's doing this. Um, uh, what's the name of the Instagib mode again? Weebo, Weebo Instagib. Yeah. Weebo. Yeah. Weibo is super fun. It's um, 
it's one of the first, I mean, there are a few other really fun modes too that we can talk about, but for me, Weibo was the mode that kind of tipped me off to the idea that this game was not just trying to be Quake, it was trying to iterate on Quake. It was someone yeah. too good and all the people I'm sure he consulted with saying, I know what Quake is and I know what it could be and I'm going to make what it could be, not just what it was. Um, and that's, I think you need that. Um, there's just been, uh, I think in the, in the modern era, this is more of a single player game thing, right? Where you're seeing all these re-releases of old games people have already played in love. Um, uh, Resident Evil remakes. Um, I think that we, uh, um, there's a lot of press going on for a Final Fantasy remake that's coming out. All these retreads. And I, um, I have a hard time getting behind them too much. But then you look at like games like WoW Classic, um, which is also, okay, I'm going into a little bit of a conversational cul-de-sac here. Let's back out. All right. I'm just excited that Diabotical is managing to channel Quake and add to it um, without screwing up either of those things. Yeah, and it's doing it really well. I'm really excited about the future weekends for the beta. I'm obviously super hyped for the actual release of the game, but um, having the people who were there before who played what made the games great and having them add on to it, like you said, is um, a really refreshing take, and I sincerely hope the best for it. So this beta weekend we got Weibo, we got the uh, the one v one rockets mode, which is awesome. <laughs> um, it's like it's like multi DM twenty twenty feels so good. <laughs> That's a TFC reference for those of y'all out there. Uh, we got one v one in two v two arena. We got wipeout, wipeout, which is a uh, a take on clan arena, where um, instead of which which still has a last man standing mechanic, but it's been softened by the fact that you're able to respawn. There's kind of like a, a reinforcements-esque kind of feel to it, where um, if you're, say, the last man standing on your team against a team of, say, three other dudes or however many, you can delay long enough for one of your buddies to respawn and come reinforce you, and you can kind of pull the game out. Um, it's really different feeling than Clan Arena, where it's like when you, when you die, you're just sitting on your thumbs and just waiting. Yeah, and it there's an the added aspect of the team play, which is, you know, hiding for your teammates so they can return, holding good positions as a unit, healing up as a unit. There's a lot more team play in Wipeout than there is in Clan Arena. Yeah. Yeah, the Weebos definitely add a lot of team play stuff. There's it's actually been good. a big it's been a there's been a big spark in discussion actually among the um the alpha testers about whether or not we uh wipeout should be made into a competitive mode. People are really worried that the next modes, you know, if they don't have Wipeout next week, they're going to introduce, you know, like Brawl and stuff. But people are really worried that once you start throwing items back in, that the hype around the game will die. And it's a legitimate worry because the most popular modes in Quake yeah. have always been like Clan Arena, Rocket Arena, stuff like that. So right. we shall whole... see what the future holds. Yeah, I think one of the more the more the most inaccessible components of Quake is is the item game. Um, and it's, it, it's an intrinsic part of dueling, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, and that's that's the whole thing that sparked this. It was a huge. There were a lot of people. There are a lot of us just, you know, talking about this because it is. It's a huge barrier to entry. Is the complete unintuitiveness of how item control works. Because uh, when you start playing, you're going to play against people who know how to time and will abuse that fact. And as a new player, it's so completely. I mean, it's not even a thought. Why would I even look at the clock when I pick up an armor? It makes no sense. Yeah. So. 
it's um it's definitely a huge barrier to entry and i think uh i'm hoping that there will be at the very least a very clear separation of players like if they're new not a single veteran in that server you can't be, they're not going to have a good time you're going to turn people yeah. off to the game if you're new play wipeout play weebo don't play duel or one of the the item modes yeah it's it, it's yeah but we were we were all talking about it we were talking about whether or not we should just remove it entirely and just have you know like in game like it'll say you know 20 seconds till the spawn kind of like how quake champions has the the little rotating half right. you know little segments that fill in as it gets closer but there's no clear-cut definition the purists don't want anything changed just saying the newbies will just have to learn how to time but they don't realize that you tell an 18 year old kid he has to add 25 for 10 minutes straight to time just one just <laughs> one item he's gonna tell you i'm gonna go build in fortnite and you can fuck off so well, I think this is one of those interesting arguments. I remember this actually back something similar from the old TFC era, where we were all counting flag return timers for capture the flag. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can time out the minute by Nikita time left. Yeah, and I think for a little while there was actually a very popular overlay, overlay which I can't remember the name of now, which would actually show you on your screen how long to the return. Yeah, exactly. Sparkies, Sparkies or Sparkies, it's one or the other. Yeah. Right. And uh, the argument that I think was was made at the time for folks who were advocating for allowing this kind of information is that um, had these kinds of timers don't actually add a lot to the game. It just it just creates a tax on newer players that doesn't actually create a lot of meaningful depth. It's just um, it's like following some esoteric rule uh, or or some kind of a gatekeeping mechanic almost. What do you yeah, think of that definitely. idea? Definitely, I would agree with that. Um, I remember when I first started playing Quake, I was shocked that they were even allowed to have a timer on the screen because I remember I remember the Sparkies, Darkies, and mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, we can't we can't have timers on the screen. You can't time the flag that perfectly. But in Quake, that hardcoreness is definitely there that wasn't in TFC, and it's it's interesting because it is. I mean, it really is kind of a gatekeeping mechanic because a good player is going to have an idea when the armor is going to spawn, regardless of whether or not he's timing it to the second or not. I cannot time an item all game, but I've played the game for 10 years. So I can definitely tell feel. you what I, I yeah. know. Yeah. I know what 25 seconds feels like. I know when I should be back over there. So it's definitely a gatekeeping mechanic. I, I don't approve of it. I've been for every simplification of the timing system that they've ever tried to implement because not because it affects my gameplay, but because it makes it easier for other people to play it, which is what I want. I want more people to play. And it's not such a necessary skill that it will redefine how the game is played. It just will make it more level for everybody. I totally, I think I totally agree with you on that. Something I've given no thought to, but you've totally convinced me. Do you think that if if they do go that route with, say, the dual modes and TDM, where they do have timed items, but they sh but you get to see the timers on the screen, do you think that will be enough for new players to want to engage with those modes versus the the wipeouts and the, the weebos? The best part about that argument is that um, it will, but they still can have no... They, the, the veterans have to be completely and utterly separated from them, even with universal timers. Because universal timers will tell you when something shows up, but the fastest route there, what route is safe, what guns your enemy right. has, what position are you currently in, none of that is given. All You just know that the red armor is coming up soon, man. I better right. get over there. And, that's, so, um, and, and, yeah. and that should be rewarded. And that should be part of the, the learning experience. I think most people who come in 
organically feel, oh yeah, I, I, I can imagine how potent I would be if I could aim better, if I could move better, if I knew the routes better, if I knew the math better, right, if I had right. the entire item intuitive. placements in my head. But being able to keep, to add 25 seconds to 38, um, I mean, is that really an important skill for Quake? I don't know. And to your point, it sounds like it shouldn't be. No, because what people confuse when they say that timing is good and you should keep it in the game is all the things I just described. It's the position, yeah. it's the routes, it's the map knowledge, it's the experience of playing. The timing is just you having a solid control over the how you're organizing your thoughts on how you make those decisions. But if the timers were universal, Rafa is still going to be Rafa. And even if you know, just like he does, that the armor spawns right at 38 seconds, Rafa is going to have better positioning. Rafa is probably going to have better weapon management and ammo management and all these other skills that other players just aren't on the par with. Um, it's it's not necessary. It's everything else that it's rung up around. That's the actual core fundamentals of Quake. Sure. And as far as the core fundamentals of Quake go, let's just play devil's advocate here. Um, to what to, to to what you were saying? Let's say we we agree to put timers in. Fine. If we agree to have timers in, what what is the actual? So th there's the wipeout and weibo modes where there's no item management whatsoever. You have your entire gear set when you spawn. Um, how important do you think it is to the quake formula to have item control as part of the gameplay? Um, for duel, I think it's pretty much um. Uh, you can't take it out of duel. It would, I mean, you'd just be playing arena one v one. And duel point. is is one v one. Would you is is two v two? Would you also consider that a duel mode? Two v two. You could do arena. You could do I two v two. Yeah, if you have items, it's basically duel with some extra steps. Yeah, you have a partner, but it's still. Is that a thing that happens? Like I, I don't know enough about the the competitive scene to know if two v two is something people care about. Um. If you throw money tournaments, people will play it. I wouldn't say it's a <laughs> priority. I wouldn't say it's a priority for the All right. players. I'm I don't, gonna put up I a tournament, hundred thousand dollar reward with some crazy ass rule set. People see, will see, play it. See who turns up. <laughs> see who turns up. All right, I gotta have to give it. that some thought. Give them have to give that some thought and some money. Uh, but you know, thought first. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. What about the team modes, like like TDM, or even capture the flag? I really, so the coolest thing about playing TFC and playing Quake is that I got to play a class-based game, which is TFC, and yeah. I think that Quake could really benefit from something like that. Um, I think like the classes. item management, yeah, yeah, like classes, not How classes with abilities. Um, so in the mod CPMA, there's, a, there's a, a mod for CPM called NTF, which is ironically not Team Fortress, but it's modeled after <laughs> Team Fortress. That's so funny. you're playing Quake 3, but it's like Team Fortress. And so one class has a rocket launcher and a shotgun like a soldier. The other class has a lightning gun and a shotgun like a heavy. And then another class has like, I think the scout skip plasma and, uh, you know, the gauntlet. But it's basically uh... just everybody starts out with the same stack. It's still Quake, but your weapon split ups are different so you get to you know like hey i'm gonna play soldier defense and not having players having to go find the weapon that's the biggest thing i think as a new player that would that's what pissed me off when i first started playing quake and i joined a free-for-all server i'm like okay yeah. well i know my rockets are better than you i just don't know where the fuck the rockets are <laughs> and that real. is frustrating as a new player so i think like i really wish someone would experiment with that and have a class based where you know you get these guns, you get those guns. You all have the same health and armor, but you know he's got rockets in this, and you've got lightning in this, and 
and that way you can get to play with what you want and 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 not have to be like okay where's my the gun i want to use where is it at yeah interesting yeah i've always liked that that class-based design where you start with your whole kit um it is both clear it helps it helps communicate to players the way they should be playing by restricting what they can do and they can kind of make the choice when they spawn instead of having to make it by going around and finding the items which is a lot harder i think uh yeah it's it's having to go search out for your resources definitely is a very i mean i wouldn't say it's unintuitive but if you've never played the game before it's not going to be fun so i've always i've always been a big fan of the loadout sort of situation where you get this and they get that and you work from that standpoint because it's it lets you as a player focus more on what you want to do, which is shoot and master shooting and dodging right. and all the all the fun stuff about a first person shooter. Right. I like the idea of fortressifying capture the flag, but you, you may be preaching to the choir with that suggestion. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think TFC is definitely the best take on CTF that any games ever had, but it's it's with how specific the rule set has to be for the gameplay to work. Yeah, it's a niche of a niche, so. <laughs> We're, yes. we're definitely we're pushing to our own choir but nobody else is hearing it <laughs> well i hope that ctf catches on i even even if it's just normal weapons normal items whatever i just like ctf as a mode um i'll always be a casual quake player which probably means i'll never get deeply invested into into duel um and i just like the pick up and play team play dynamic and the socialization that comes along with CTF and other super team-based modes. Um, Wipeout is another mode that seems like it has some good likes to it. Although I gotta say, by the third day of playing it, I, I'm seeing a, a gameplay meta evolve where you're always, people are always running away and coming back with bigger numbers. And it's uh, it's started starting to become less fun for me as people realize how to get the most out of the, out of the win condition. Yeah, that's definitely been happening. Um, especially, I've been playing the alpha, and it's it's been like that from day one because everyone who's in the alpha is a competitive player. That's yeah, just and they figured that shit out instantly. Right, right, yeah, and it's like that's the whole point of playing a game like this is to figure out the best way to play it. So, um, I think it's kind of inevitable just because of how much quake style games reward individual skill that they're gonna, you know, people who are really good at aim and people who are really good at coordinating with others are going to it's just natural it's yeah. kind of unfortunate but that's where um the biggest problem the games like this have is just like there has to be such a clear and defined separation of players that sometimes it becomes very difficult to get games going how do you do that separation how do you draw the line for someone loading up diabotical who's played quake for 10 years versus who's played it for 10 seconds um, ten years should never ever even know that ten second guys even got the game. He shouldn't know that he exists. Right, they it's, should never play each other. They should never and ever ever. Play is that mainly other. a matchmaking thing, or is there like like should we be channeling different players into different modes? It seems to be the argument you were starting to make. What do you think? Um, I think um channeling players into other modes is definitely the way to go. Well, not definitely a way to go. I, I might have spoke too soon, but definitely a way to go that I uh -huh. would be for. I think veterans should definitely veterans especially in a game like this where most of us just want a game like this to be successful should do our part and just keep ourselves away from the newer players you know don't don't queue up with four of your quake buddies and go on a pub stop that's not fun 
play with your new that's what i do i play with you guys you guys are brand new to the game really so you're not super veterans and so it's like my impact isn't as strong as it would be if i was queued up with four of my buddies that have been playing the game for like 20 years yeah so it's five of you versus one of you is a big difference yeah (laughs) we don't know what we're doing and so that's that's kind of how you know it's like get your friends to try it play with them they're completely new just accept you're gonna take some losses like it's not that big of a deal I think in a game like this, with as small of a player base as we have, the veterans, it's really on us to make sure that we don't drive people away from what we love. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting problem. Um, I think when you have matchmaking, that can kind of solve it to an extent as long as the critical mass remains at a a point where you can have decent matchmaking cues for the modes. With a game like this, it seems to have so many different modes. I, I kind of worry that one or two of them might just dry up. Um, it's probably inevitable. Yeah, I think the 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 modes they they included this time for this weekend are definitely the most popular currently played modes from like oh, really? Quake Live players. Yeah, oh, Wipeout and Planner. Uh-huh. Yeah, Quake 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 Live is the closest thing Diabolical has to a direct yeah, yeah. like a similar. So, but Clan Arena has always been the most popular mode in uh in Quake. So I'm I'm happy that that's and I kind of hope that they what I would like to see them do is kind of make it so that when you first load up the game, the only things you really can do are like arena wipeout, Weibo instinct, very simple things like you don't even have access to queue for a TDM game or whatever the sure. case may be. Or you because can the game's gonna the game's do gonna like be free a season pass where you incentivize people to okay first first achievement complete a game of wipeout. Or whatever. Right, right, yeah. And I so I'm hoping they do that just so that the the truly new new players are not accidentally put into a server. Because like you said, the critical mass of players has to be large for matchmaking to work. Otherwise, it's happened to me in Quake Champions where we've queued in and I'm we're literally playing against people who don't even really move forward all that much. Yeah. They're just lost. And it's like <laughs> I've been playing this game, this map for like ten years. Like this is just, this is horribly unfair for you. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, a different game, but similar dynamic is Planet. Right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it you've seen, but um, rather than having uh, instance matches that last like you know 10, 15 minutes, whatever, it's one big continent with a thousand players, and so all the best players are playing in on the same continent with all the worst players at any given time. And if those if those bad if if the good players find the bad ones, uh, they can create a really bad time for those dudes. So. It's it's to everyone's best interest to keep the good players playing other good players, um, and I hope to your point that Diabotic can do that. Yeah, and it's in everyone's best interest. It's in the best players' interest to only play people who are as good or better than you, because that's how you improve. Yeah, yeah, that's how you improve. That's the whole that's the whole mantra of Quake is competition and self improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And now cosmetics. So. Is this game you can gonna yourself and be pretty? This is gonna be a free to play game, right? Yes, it is gonna 100 percent be free to play on the Epic uh, Game Launch. And the idea is gonna be that you, if you want to put money in, you're putting money in for cosmetics. And what I've seen, the cosmetics seem to mainly be stickers. Yeah, decals for your bot. They're gonna have um, custom weapon model support down the road, so people will be able to create a different looking rocket launcher and if it gets approved by the team it'll get put into the store and they'll split profits etc etc from this cool 
So a lot, a lot of actually TFC style customizations this is kind of what I predict for the future. Um, I don't know if you've looked at the map editor at all, which is probably a whole podcast in and of itself. The fact I've that seen we're some in a video on game. it, it looks super impressive. It's amazing that a game like this has that. You know, that's modding. That's one of the biggest things about modding is creating maps, and they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna put it in the game for you. You don't have to work. But you can, there are a whole series of uh, props already put in the game, you know, like just like little things you add around, like an off, off, off piece, piece of wood, little jars, little, little, just little things to decorate your map with. It's, <laughs> but yeah. I'm imagining that down the road, you're going to be able to add in custom ones of those. <laughs> custom clutter. So I, yeah, the, I don't know if you can say that they're allowing modding of the game to happen, but they're definitely. They're definitely giving players the framework to do everything outside of create your own EXE file. You know, down the road, when we are able to get our own dedicated servers, there's going to be complete air control and stuff like you can, you'll be able to set it up with TFC oh, style man. bunny hop. I really or... want CPMA style air control. Yeah. So, so down, that. down the road, we'll be able to set up a server that will have, we can play the game like that with CPM style. Air. They're giving players a huge amount of freedom. I've noticed that. Um, I actually am astonished at how how open of a beta this is. And I don't mean by open like anyone can play. I mean open by the number of ways to play it is very high. It seems very... Um, I, I would expect playing a beta like this, normally that they'd want to channel people into a single mode or two and just kind of get a narrow band of feedback. But we got Wipeout, we got we got Arena, we got Weibo, so we got um, Map Editor... Uh, it's it's opening up a very uh, large horizontal swath of gameplay, and it sounds like there's still a lot more stuff to come. No, oh, there's ton. I mean, I can tell you just from being in the alpha. There's you guys didn't get to play brawl. You didn't get to play duel. You didn't get to What's play CTF. And brawl is essentially their take on um, free for all, and it's actually kind of cool because you remember like murder ball and stuff from TFC where yeah. you got four teams. And it's yeah. kind of like that. So they're doing a really good job at kind of making it so it's not so individual feeling and so instead of doing just a straight free-for-all they're doing like a two-on-two-on-two-on-two kind of free-for-all where you're going to have a teammate or two and you're just you're going to go brawl you know they're going to be these tdm style maps y'all got you have to go get guns and stuff but you got teammates right out the gate and you just you go it's like multiple team deathmatch basically that sounds very fun i I like anything it's team-based uh my favorite thing, you know, I'm, I'm a big time socializer uh, and I really, really am attracted to <clears throat> to the team modes. So I'm really happy to see be such a variety of team modes and also to see some of the stuff that might not be as team based be more team based. I like the fact that the that the Weebles add a, a, a team component that might not otherwise be there. Um, I'm just continuously continually impressed by the depth of the vision for a game that is essentially Quake 2020. Um, but they've done so much more with it. I don't... I don't I, <laughs> I'm just blown away by it. It's... Yeah, and it's... And like I said, coming from former Quake pros, I mean, they've, they've seen, especially someone like Too Good, who after being a Quake pro, went in and he worked on Dota, he worked on Bloodline Champions. Like, he's been in such a big yeah. visible part of the of the gaming world that he you know he knows like he knows how development works and as a competitor what, and as a dev yeah exactly so he's he's both sides of the fence and that vision really really reflects that and it's probably the biggest reason that this is 
the most hyped Quake clone, quote unquote, that's ever been made, really, and why there's a lot of people who really think this game's going to have a pretty bright future. And I mean, before yeah. we even got this closed beta, Epic had already agreed to pay the developers of the game for at least a bare minimum of two years. So clearly they were shown a lot more than we got to see and they were impressed. So I'm hoping that uh, as time goes on, that impression keeps improving. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good shit. Um, and yeah, as we, we just got to make sure that, uh, the two good keeps at it, you know, we got to keep him uh, keep him going. Make sure Epic, uh, keeps money flowing to him and his company. Uh, make sure he gets good healthcare. Uh, you know, we, we got to keep him ticking along so we can have, so we can have Quake next. That's right. So we can have the quake that we've needed for 15 years. Shit, man. That's crazy. It's really cool to be here uh, in, in my mid-30s and talking about quake. I never thought I would be doing this. Yeah, to be honest, as a quake player, I kind of figured by the by the time I got to my mid-30s, I probably wouldn't you know, know what quake was anymore, but it's continually getting better from here. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So we're talking... Today, on Monday, as the closed beta weekend one is just wrapping up, there's another beta weekend coming up next weekend, right? There is. What do you know about what they're going to be doing with that weekend? You said that we're going to be getting, we're going to get different modes, right? Do we know that for sure, or is that just a guess? Um, he's hinted at it. Um, too good, too good hinted at it. Um, I guess we don't know for sure. Um, the biggest thing about this weekend was they wanted to stress the servers. They wanted to get as many right. people on there as they could, which is why so many keys were given out. They just they just wanted people to play it and see what kind of demographics they're looking at, what kind of numbers, what kind of interest. Um, I'm hoping that that was stupendous, and they're like, okay, we need we might need more servers, you know. So, but as far as like extra modes and stuff, I'm assuming that we're gonna get more stuff in the coming weekends just because having been in the alpha and playing what they've had in the alpha there is a lot more content that nobody in the beta has seen yet so i'm assuming that they would like to test it they'd like to get some bug yeah. uh checks on it especially on shit. like maps and stuff. Uh-huh. exactly so i'm i'm hoping that next weekend will be like ctf or something you know maybe like instead of wipeout we get ctf 5v5 this time and then you know arena 1v1 Weibo and rock and arena so as long as they don't take away my Weibo, I'm going to be a sad <laughs> eggbot if they take away my Weibo. Oh, I, I think they'll keep Weibo insta-gibbon a lot because it's it, it really, like, Weibo, and we already talked about it, we can talk about it again, because it really is a, a fantastic take on insta And the coin collecting and the projectile instead of instant hit, like, it's very fun to play with your friends, and I think it will be a big hit with the game at release. I think a lot of newer players will always enjoy it, so. Yeah, it's nice and simple. It needs a Mario coin sound, though, when you get the coin. You hear a da-da? Like, I really was missing that. I was hearing it in my head every time I ran over. I was like, oh. Yeah, definitely Mario style. I would I would agree. I'll pass that along. I'll, I'll go in the Discord. Hey, too good. <laughs> we, need, we need some Mario coin sounds, man. I don't, I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, totally. Um, so how many people are actually alpha testing this game, do you think? Not that many. Um, in North America, there's probably 40, 50 of them. Oh, wow. Most. That's pretty narrow. It's, yeah, yeah. And there's, I mean, and there's Europeans or South Americans yeah. and stuff. But like, um, having gotten into the alpha and kind of just keeping my eye on stuff, it, they, I mean, it really seems like the North Americans are really the only ones who are playing consistently. There's a lot of people like map editing and, um, 
bug checking, collision checking. There's a lot of people helping, you know, from all parts of the world. But as far as just straight testing how the game plays, as soon as the North American side really opened up, there's been, I mean, consistently every single night, there's been pickups for like eight hours straight. So, man, it's a fun time. Uh, I was talking earlier some of the guys and I mean, actually maybe it was you and uh just talking about the the really cool feeling it is whenever you get whenever you're playing in a closed beta for a game because everyone who's there is there to try something new like and and there's this kind of this is kind of brotherhood to it that you don't get when a game goes retail um i experienced it when i was playing overwatch uh back in uh, 2015 i guess it was and i was played the beta for a month or two before uh, the retail game came out, and in beta, the game was so fun and fresh and interesting, and everyone was so cool. And then once the game actually went live, it was it was it, it like uh, it went straight to toxic shit, like almost immediately. Yeah, uh, that's the unfortunate thing with releases, like uh, especially of games that are designed to be competitive. Um, and kind of tying into the foresight of that, um, Too Good is being really smart and he will not be hosting any tournaments for the game. Like, community can do what they want, but, like, any, there won't be any dev-held tournaments until, like, months after release so that everybody, alpha, beta, or not, will be able to get a shot at actually knowing how the game works. Cool. But the, cool. the toxicity of competitiveness is... It, 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 it sucks. And it's in every... It's in Counter-Strike, yeah. it's in Quake. It was in TFC. I mean, you know. Yeah. So... It's, it's, it's part it's of it's part of competition. It is. It is the competition at anonymity. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. It's, some people are just they're just going to be little shits. <laughs> There's just no ifs ands or buts. Yeah. Well, we can always railgun them in the face, I guess. That's not, that's how it has to go. You want to be toxic? I'll just win. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, this has been really fun. Diabolical is fucking awesome. Um, I'm definitely going to be playing it next weekend. So if there's enough new stuff, we can maybe sit down and talk again. Yeah, absolutely. All right, dude. Sounds good. Daniel, I will catch you later. You have a good night, my friend. Yes, you as well, Greg.